Hello and welcome to Wake Up, Kick-Ass, Repeat. I'm your host, Patty Waller. Today's program is for information purposes only. It is important to consult with your physician prior to starting an exercise program or making a change to your current health plan. So I took a week off for a little reset and recharge from life. But sometimes the best laid plans don't work in one's favor. I went into a bit bit of a survivor mode due to a lot of stress. And for me, that is an avenue that I navigate by exercise a lot. I'm a huge fan of walking meditation, running off my crazy, sweating out my inner voice. When life chucks a curveball of strenuous conflict, I choose to move my body. As I processed everything that was going on in my life at the time, I decided to shift my focus to the past 16 weeks of podcast, evaluate the content that I've been providing to you, and I cannot believe I skipped over this topic out of the gate. I know I put a big emphasis on strength training, but I neglected cardio exercise and no one called me out on it. So I am going to level up this week. We are going to talk about the parameters between the heart and the value of cardiovascular exercise. So let's get down to business. How many of you out there have been touched by heart disease, either personally or within your family or friendship circle. My dad died at the age of 55 from sudden cardiac arrest. The precursors do run in my genetics, high cholesterol, elevated blood pressure, obesity. So my commitment to health does not waver. I'm not saying that it's easy, but it doesn't waver. Many think that I go to extremes in my training, but I do the right thing for my well-being and hopefully my longevity. I do get my annual blood work. I've had all the cardiac tests, including calcium scans and CT scans. I check my blood pressure regularly. I do stay on top of my heart rate fluctuations. I wear a uh, tracking device by Garmin. So I always know what my heart rate is as well as record my mileage and walks and strength training, etc. So I'm very in tune to my body. Does it guarantee me a pass on something tragic? Absolutely not. But at least I know I am doing the right stuff towards helping my heart and the rest of my body stay strong, and function to the best of its ability as I get older. So let's try to understand the heart, okay? Um, A lot of people know the functions of the heart, but I'm gonna keep it in layman's terms. It's a muscle that pumps blood to your body, oxygenated blood. It's been doing this job for a very long time. So as we get older, we need to give it a little TLC. The heart has two sides each with a top chamber and a bottom chamber. And for my geeks out there, I am referring to the atrium and the ventricle. The right side pumps blood to the lungs to get oxygen. The left side receives that blood from the lungs and pumps it out to the rest of the body. 
the heart changes over time. So if you are listening to this podcast and you are over the age of 50, you need to know that we are more prone to heart disease with the buildup of fatty acids in the artery walls. This can cause high blood pressure, which is very common. Not everyone will experience this, but a vast majority do, especially if you have genetic risk factors, poor lifestyle choices, and you are not exercising. We are also prone to arrhythmias, which are irregular heartbeats, which can be slow or rapid, and this can cause poor circulation with your blood flow. So then you toss in a couple of other things, diabetes, thyroid disorders, other health challenges, and the risk continue to increase. So what can you do today to mitigate this problem? First, let me say it's never too late. Don't think the ship has sailed. Okay, so if this is something you've been putting off and putting off, Starting is important. It doesn't matter how old you are, but there is a method to the madness. So I have some tips for you. Some might resonate, some might offend, but I'm going to give them to you anyway. If you are a smoker, stop. I know quitting is a challenge. I've never been a smoker, but my mother was. I have friends whose parents were, and it's not an easy thing to do to quit. But if you quit, you do improve your odds with regard to stroke, heart attack, and cancer. There is zero reason for anyone out there to still be inhaling smoke to their lungs. And yes, I am being judgmental on this one because it is your health, it is your life, and it is important. Next, keep a healthy weight. Notice... I did not say get skinny, okay? We come in all shapes and sizes. But the bottom line is, and any cardiologist will back me up on this, if you carry excess visceral fat, that's that stuff around the belly, you are creating a precursor to heart disease. All right, let's move on from there. This is a great segue, healthy eating. Fruits, veggies, protein, keep the sugars and the salt low, watch those fats. And I go by the 80-20 rule. So, you know, we have to live life. So you can have treats now and then. Cut back on dining out. The foods in restaurants are loaded with butter, fats, oils, salts, sugars. And yes, they can be all so very good but you need to do it in moderation. I know several people that eat out every single day. I know people that eat out, you know, three or four times a week. I know that it is a social thing, but it really should be done in moderation once, maybe twice a week. You know, you can, instead of having lunch with your friends, ask your friends to meet you for a walk and a cup of coffee. You can do walking meetings, you know, instead of a sit down lunch, perhaps depending on where you live, you can go to a park and take a walk and hold your meeting. There are ways to navigate this so that you don't always have to be in a restaurant. 
Next is cutting back on alcohol. People hate this one. It's a touchy subject, but let's face it, folks. The days of college drinking are done. The typical rule of thumb is two drinks a day for men, one drink a day for women, but even that tends to be judged at this point by the medical community. There are celebratory moments. We all attend them, and it's going to happen. You're going to imbibe a little bit more, and that's okay. Just like with food, don't make it habitual. The next one here is one of my biggest problems, and that is controlling stress. It's an episode all its own, but I can tell you, breath work, meditation, journaling, yoga, even therapy, yes, therapy is the N word now, it can help you manage the everyday stress and anxiety that may come into your life. Stress is at an all-time high right now. So, you know, check in with yours and see how you're doing there. So as you hear, the studies are so conclusive and you read it in magazines and newspapers, you see it on your feed. Exercise is imperative to your health span. It helps with cognitive function, fighting disease, your mobility, your balance, your blood lipid levels, your blood sugar levels. It is so vital to your body. It's like food and water. It will give back threefold if you can get it done. So cardiovascular exercise, what that does is it elevates your heart rate, increases the use of your respiratory system. That increases the amount of oxygenated blood being transported to the muscles. Thus... Your heart muscle is the center force to your body's well-being. And if you take care of it, it will take care of you. It is your engine. So what are some guidelines for cardiovascular exercise? Well, the industry recommendation is 150 minutes a week. But it does go a little deeper than that, and we're going to dive into that in just a second. Understand 150 minutes a week basically is if you take five days, it's 30 minutes a day, seven days a week, 20 minutes and change a day. The key is to move. But like I said, I'm going to dive deeper on this. If you are inactive and doing zero cardio except daily life, it's time for you to shift this mindset. If you're doing less than 150 minutes a week, You are what they call, (laughs) there's a label for everything, insufficiently active. You got to up your game. The general rule of thumb is 150 to 300 minutes a week. 300 minutes a week is basically, let's say, 45 minutes every day, seven days a week. And we're going to talk about what this activity involves in just a second. And the last category is highly active, 300 minutes or greater. And that is for my people, the crazy ones, who are typically endurance athletes, have a lot of time on their hands, marathon runners, triathletes. These are the people that go into 
more endurance extreme sports. So we want to look at the 150 to 300 minutes a week and specifically perhaps those of you that aren't doing anything or maybe 30 minutes a week might even be doing three 30 minute sessions a week but we want to try to get these numbers up there are numerous activities that you can choose from you have brisk walking power walking running cycling swimming dance tennis pickleball of course hiking elliptical trainers stair mills kickboxing zumba there's hit training there are all sorts of avenues that you can find. The important thing is to find something that you want to do because that will help you stick with it. Now, as actively aging youngsters out there, and I'm talking to my 50 older crowd, it is important to understand we don't want to get injured and we don't want to overtrain or overreach. So you have to have a plan. There is a method to this madness. I know a lot of times people start, and I hear this from my clients, things hurt. Okay, there is a difference between pain because of injury and discomfort because something hasn't been used in a long time. You have to learn to navigate it. If you have arthritis, you're going to be stiff. Okay, it's going to take a little bit of time and a little bit of patience to work through this. And there are ways to do it. You can talk to your doctor and find out the best way and the best type of exercise. But I can tell you this, if you don't start moving, it's only going to get worse. Now, I highly recommend fitness trackers. The Fitbit, the Apple Watch, Garmin also has a great product. They can offer up how many steps a day you're taking, how many miles you might be doing, how your HR data, which is your heart rate data. It can check in on your sleep patterns, on your energy patterns. There's a whole host of things they do. And it's good information. Understand it's not infallible, but the technology has become so much better in the last 10 years that it is going to give you some great data. So how many weeks do you think you should do cardio? Because remember, we are strength training as well. You want to look at working up to seven days a week. Doesn't mean seven intense go hard, go home days. There are ways that this has to be broken down. How much should you do on a daily basis depends on your fitness level. Everything is based individually. There is not a cookie cutter science, even though there are baseline programs. And what intensity should you be training at? That too is individualized. If you've been working out for a while and let's say you're an avid walker, can you walk at faster paces? Can you maybe incorporate 20 to 30 second runs into your walks? Um, can you add some hit training to your plan? So there's different things that you can do to orchestrate a good program. So you must be thinking, I'm going to offer up this grandiose scenario for you. And I'm not, I'm not going to do that. 
I am going to speak with you if you are in that category, though, of 150 minutes or less a week. You are who I want. You are the person I want to make a difference for. So how are we going to do that? Well, walking is the easiest way to start, depending on where you live. You may have to access a treadmill if you're like me and it's 102 degrees outside in Florida, full of humidity. You certainly do not want to go out for a lunchtime stroll. You might want to opt for a treadmill or a bike or an elliptical machine. So you might want to visit your local gym, but you need to do something. I'm choosing walking because it is the easiest thing to do. Also make sure you have the right footwear. And if you're not sure about what to do, kick back to one of my prior episodes on shoe shaming. Next is to get a day timer or use your phone to set an appointment with yourself on a daily basis. It's non-negotiable. It's just like if you're going to the doctor or you have an appointment with your mechanic or whatever it is, this is a non-negotiable time that you're going to mark up for yourself. Choose three non-consecutive days a week to walk. Now, initially I had thought about establishing this at 20 to 30 minutes because I feel most people can walk that long. I feel like I could be setting that parameter a little too high if you're dealing with any sort of issue. So let's just say best case scenario, 20 to 30 minutes. If that seems a little high, start with 10 to 15. Okay, choose what is best for you. Don't worry about your pace. Every two weeks, you're going to add one more day and three to five more minutes to your walking. That three to five more minutes do conservatively based on how you feel. Okay, if you're using a treadmill, what's great about that is you're in a controlled environment. So you're hopefully in air conditioning. You want to make sure you have some water with you. And you're going to start that treadmill anywhere from 2.2 to 2.5. As you warm up, you can make it a little bit faster. If you've never walked on a treadmill, make sure you hold on. And there usually is an emergency clip. You want to clip that on. And that's in case you slip. You don't want it that belt to keep going. It'll shut that thing off right away. So, you know, I miss safety. I look at all the worst case scenarios. <laughs> so moving on from there, now that you have a little bit of a plan, I want to talk briefly to my seasoned cardio enthusiasts. And that's my folks that are doing 150 or more a week. You want to make sure that you're also offering up easy days. You're not doing everything the same way day in and day out. You want to have easy days and hard days. And I recommend that you have about four easy days and one hard day and then, you know, a couple of moderate days. But you want to focus on consistency so that you can have longevity in doing this. And also don't forget to mix it up a little bit. Not everything should be walking or running. Throw yourself in a swimming pool, get on a bike, take a class, 
but shake it up a bit. And for everybody out there, I mentioned this before, <clears throat> use a Fitbit or an um, tracker and check in with Garmin or Strava. Strava is great. I think it's compatible with most of the fitness trackers out there and it will map where you walk it records all your activities and you can friend people within the app and see what your neighbors are doing and it's it's just a fun competitive little tool out there that you know gives you a sense of accountability and it also lets you see how far you've come my goal with this episode is to help you understand the value of doing all the work that I talk about. It isn't always easy. There are going to be days where your muscles really hurt, your joints hurt, you're tired, but quitting is not an option. Modifying is. If you do need a rest day, take it, okay? But that doesn't mean that you need to quit, okay? Your health span is so important to longevity. There are many tools in the toolbox to help you be successful. Starting is never easy, but investing this in this along with your strength work will truly benefit your daily living as you age up. I'm going to have some notes on my website relative to this podcast with some of my recommendations on managing an entry-level type program. And then next week of this podcast, I'm going to talk a little bit more about heart rate and heart rate zone training. And I hope you will tune into that. If you have enjoyed this episode, please give a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify. Make sure to follow the podcast as well so that you're notified of episodes as they drop. And once again, I greatly appreciate the listening and the support. And until next time, keep training with a purpose for sport and life. Be well.